Welcome to Herbs with Erin, Remedies for Body and Spirit podcast, where we help people explore the power of herbs to create optimal wellness and strengthen their spiritual practice so they can feel healthy and connected. Information provided in the podcast is for educational purposes only, is not meant to take the place of professional medical advice. Welcome to episode one of Herbs podcast. I'm Erin Lafave, your hostess of this podcast, and today we're talking about stinging nettle. Some people just refer to it as nettle. The Latin name is Yurtica dioica. So if you are wondering which one of the nettles I'm talking about, because there are many of them out there, you can look up the Yurtica dioica, and that spelling is U-R-T-I-C-A. Second word is D-I-O-I-C-A. So that is the Latin name, also called the scientific name. So stinging nettle is one of my favorite herbs. It has many uses for it. And it grows all over the place, all over the world, actually. It's readily available. It's easy to dry. It's super helpful for lots of different things, and it can be free to you as if it's growing around you and you can pick it for yourself. Let's talk about some of the things it's useful for. I'll describe what it looks like. I'll tell you a bit about uh, where it likes to grow, and I'll also tell you my tips for how to harvest it and dry it and ways to use it. So first, let's start off with some of its uses. It's highly nutritious. It's been used for hundreds, if not thousands of years for a type of food. It was also used for fiber to make strong ropes and things like that. So it has a wide range of uses throughout human history. And one of them would have been to harvest it as it was just popping up out of the ground, maybe about two to four inches high or so, and when it was in its very tender form, then it was picked and cooked like you would a spinach. It could be fried up with some butter and mushrooms and onions, um, or it could be added to a pot of soup. It could be cut up and tossed into a stew. There's just a wide variety of things. As long as you cook it or dry it, stinging nettle no longer has the sting effect. So then you can ingest it. It's high in vitamins A, C, K. It has iron and protein in it. In fact, it has quite a bit of iron and protein in it. And in some ways, it's comparable to spinach and even better than spinach. Some of the things that we can use it for besides food, it's also been used for medicinal-like purposes as well. So the leaf is the main part of the plant that's used for food and medicine. Sometimes the stem gets put in there too, just depending on how big that stem is. The more succulent it is, the better it is. As it gets older, it gets very sturdy and strong, and that's why it's used for ropes and other types of fibers in the past. So I really enjoy using it as an anti- natural antihistamine for seasonal allergies. I usually take 
an ounce of the dried herb. I add in four cups, which equals one quart of boiling hot water, and I let it steep for a long time, anywhere from four to eight hours or more. And what happens is it draws a lot of those wonderful properties and vitamins and minerals and nutrients out of it. And um, it becomes this very dark green tea after you're done. So then I strain all of the plant material out and I have this liquid and I'll drink anywhere from you know, a half a cup um, or up to four cups of it per day, depending on uh, what I'm looking for for the strength of that antihistamine type of uh, quality to it. It's also giving me lots of nutrients as well. And so people who also have some issues with blood, perhaps a little bit low on platelets or perhaps they're low on iron, this plant would be one to strongly consider um, using. It comes powdered, so you can add it to food, um, any type of food that would allow powder in it. There are even some pastas that are starting to be made from it. People put it in cheese and all sorts of food things, as well as medicinal um, remedies, such as the tinctures and the infusions. It does have some diuretic-like qualities to it, which means it's going to act kind of like coffee does at sometimes when it draws those fluids out of your body a little bit and then it comes out as urine. So nettle has that diuretic capability to it depending on how much you're using in one given day. The good thing about this type of diuretic quality that it has is that it has so many nutrients already in it that like the potassium and the calcium is that you're you're letting some fluid out, but you're also replacing in the things that um, have a tendency to deplete if you're taking a diuretic. So, So that's what the leaves are used for. The plant does get some flowers on it. They're very inconspicuous. This plant is wind pollinated. So any plant that has flowers that um, are used for wind pollination, they don't have big showy petals. They don't have big um, flower petals. The color, the size are much reduced and to the point where it doesn't look like they have any. They're not going to have much of a smell on them because they're not attracting in pollinators. They're not going to have much for nectar, again, because they're not attracting pollinators. They're basically hoping that their pollen is exposed to the air so that when the air comes and moves it around, that pollen can move. And so it doesn't have much of a showy flower. But those seeds coming from that flower structure have been known to help with adrenal systems, such as adrenal fatigue. The roots have um, some qualities to them that are there to support prostate systems. So people with benign prostate issues have um, in the past used the root for it. I love the the aerial parts, which would be the leaves and the stems. That Those types, that part of the plant is what I use the most. And so what I do with it is I do cut it. Um, I cut it in the early spring when it's very nice and succulent to to eat. As it grows, it gets a little bit more fibrous. 
and a little bit tougher. You have to cook it a little bit more. So that's why it lends itself well to a nourishing infusion, which sits, you know, for four to eight hours or more. When it's about three feet long, that's about when I like to cut it back a little bit. I cut it back to maybe the first or second set of leaves that are closest to the ground so that I don't, you know, kill off the plant. And then I take that inside, I hang it upside down on some sort of string that I have um, hanging on the wall, and I just let it air dry. You know when it's done uh, drying, when it becomes very crispy, and if you um, crunch the leaves a little bit, if they fall readily and come off of the plant, if they're kind of bendy and pliable, usually means there's still some water content in there. Certainly works well in an air dehydrator too, a food dehydrator on a, a low setting. After I dry it, then I just strip the leaves off of the stem and put it in a jar or a bag. Now, some people ask me, well, how do you harvest nettle without becoming um, your hands stinging and your arms stinging from reaching down in there? So when I harvest nettles, if I'm just going into my, my garden where I do have a patch of nettles, I very carefully just reach in where I want to cut the, the stem and I'll very gently put my fingers on the stem and at the same time I'm kind of pushing up on the stem. And what I'm doing is trying to pop the little hairs on the plant because the the hairs on the plant have um, a pocket of fluid in them. Some people say it looks like a hypodermic needle uh, under the microscope. It kind of does look like that. But it, it also looks like just like a tiny little sack of fluid in this hair-like structure. And that's really easy to break open actually. So if you go in gently so that you won't get poked by the hairs because then it oh, then it breaks open and the fumaric acid goes into your skin and has an itching component in there. It's a type of histamine to cause a, a reaction in our bodies. So if you can avoid that poke into the skin and you just slightly come in and kind of brush up in an upward motion on the stem, you'll push those hairs up and then you can compress them against the main stem and they'll burst open and they won't poke you and they will just release that fluid. So then when you do that with one hand, you can hold the stem like that and then cut with the other uh, hand that's holding the scissors and then you go, you've got your stem already cut. If I'm going into an area where I'm not doing one stem at a time like that, you know, gently taking, taking my time, I will put gloves on and grab a bundle of the stems, maybe two or three at a time, depending how big they are, because they can become very big and round, sometimes as big as a pencil. Um, and I'll go in there, grab, a, you know, two or three stems and then cut that way. So the good news with nettle is usually there's an abundance of nettle. And when I harvest um, herbs that are not in my garden, I'm always aware that I'm not going to cut more than I need or that I'm going to cut so much that the plant will die and not be able to recover. So the ones in my garden, I will go in there, you know, and take a few out every so often and then hang them upside down in my house and dry them that way. 
I, I like to do it before they set their flowers and before they set their seeds because after they do that, I've noticed the leaves get a little bit more yellow, they get more narrow, and the plant even becomes more fibrous and tough at that time. So I typically like to harvest before the flowers um, blossom and set their seed. Now you certainly could harvest afterwards if you want to, but again, they just don't seem as vibrant green and healthy and lush as they do previously to that flower. It makes sense biologically because typically most plants are putting a lot of energy into their reproductive structures into making those flowers and seeds so that they can get their genetic material out again into the next generation. So after they do that flower and reproductive structure set, Sometimes it kind of seems to deplete it from the roots and from the leaves and everything's really going into those reproductive structures. Now, there are exceptions to this rule, but I've noticed with nettle, it really does seem to be true that the vibrant green color and the bigger leaves seem to be there before the flower starts to blossom. That's typically why I like to harvest before the flower sets. Now, the other reason why I like to do it before the flower sets is because usually by that time, the plant seems to be very mm, crabby. <laughs> Nettle seems to get, I say, crabby, a little aggressive afterwards. The, the older that plant seems to be, the more pointy those hairs seem to be on the plant. I think it's just over time they get... Um, tougher and it just seems like I get poked more the the older that they get. So those little hairs seem to be tougher than when they were in the spring. That's for sure. In the spring, I barely ever get any sting on me um, because everything's just so pliable and succulent and full of water and very tender. As they get older, they get stiffer and more of the kind of fibrous situation starts happening in the plant. You can certainly purchase nettle leaf already done for you in bulk or even in tea bag form already as well. You can buy it already powdered. So if you're not able to spend the time of finding a nettle patch or growing a nettle patch, cutting it and drying it, you can certainly purchase it um, in tincture form as well. So it's, it's readily available. It's easy to find. It is also in tea bag form for your convenience as well. So that's why nettle is one of my favorites. Easy to find typically in most spots around the world. It has nutrients like crazy in it and vitamins and minerals and it has this antihistamine quality to it. It's pretty much free for anybody to, to take. It grows readily underground as well so it will propagate itself and you're patch will get bigger and bigger as it goes underground and pops up in more than one place. In my garden, I've had to pretty much weed it out in certain spots and bring it back to one central location, else it will pop up all over the place, um, which is fine in some spots, but I do want room for my vegetables, flowers, and other herbs so that I can have that harvest too. Thank you for listening to episode one of the Herbs Podcast. Please follow me at fullcircleherbals.com and the Facebook page Full Circle Herbals.